let's move to a completely different world. Uh, same period, but the Opus 14 sonatas, they are considered, again, lighter sonatas or easier sonatas, and I, I here I really have to disagree because they are frightfully difficult to play and to interpret. Um, the first one is in E major, again, three movements. And let me just play the exposition. of the exposition. You can hear this is a completely different world. It's quite mysterious. And I see it is a very mysterious sonata. Um, Beethoven prepared a, a string quartet version of this sonata, uh, a semitone higher in F major. And it's very interesting. Of course, the two versions are completely different, but I always hear, hear a string quartet in this sonata. Uh, first violin leads, and then, then there is this accompanying motive, always the first quaver missing, and pa-pa-pa, pa-pa-pa, ta-ta-ta, ta-ta-ta. And it is like a light motive. If you take the first four notes, if, if I transpose this few, you know this piece. So, 
And then if I transpose But it could be identi uh, accidental. So anyway, um, now look at this passage, which seems to be coming from nowhere. And you can hear the first violin, second violin, viola, cello. four instruments and uh, only the last note of the cello is different it's an A sharp so it's very beautiful it should not be played mechanically but in a singing and imaginative way Beautiful part writing and the voice leading, the inner voices. And here comes a transition, and again, this opening motif suddenly gets more and more agitated. Dissonance, and we are we are going towards the dominant. So, I was saying in in the previous two sonatas that there are very few instructions of dynamics. Just the opposite is too, true here. Always very meticulously notated contrasts of piano and forte and, and sudden accents. And even here, the first fortissimo. And comes the new theme on the dominant. Just one single voice, one lonely voice, but very beautifully colored between diatonic and, and chromatic steps. And you can, see, you can hear how the other instruments of the string quartet join in. Just the first violin again. Again, he, he, he was writing here portato, pom, 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 pom. And then the viola takes over the same motif, but legato, cello. And the cello, first violin. This is a beautiful new theme. There's a great temptation to 
play a crescendo here. There's absolutely no crescendo. And here one really has to trust Beethoven. If he wants a crescendo, he will write one. If he doesn't write one, don't play one. So, now comes again a very interesting passage. Uh, the upper voices are in piano with Forzandi within the piano. And the bass with these little exclamations. It's very angry. Could be. But, so... So, so each voice has different dynamics. And, and in this sonata, there is always this duality of, of which points towards Schubert almost, this constant change of minor and major. Minor, major. something quite grazioso, very, very, very gracious theme. And uh, a very dramatic pose. The, the silence is, is dramatically important in all music, but in, in this Beethoven sonata, this... Um, motif and now it's in the bass it has, it has a completely different atmosphere all right so end of the exposition then the development section starts in the tonic but soon it becomes minor reaches the, the key of A minor. And here I must show, if you know Schubert's Sonatina in A minor for violin and piano. So, um, that must be not identical. of Schubert in this, this piece. Um, again, a, a new theme and, and these, these very long phrases of, of octaves played in, in legato. This is, a, again, a, a new piano technique that, that neither Haydn nor Mozart used, and this is very, very new in Beethoven. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 
again, we are on the threshold of, of the dominant, preparing the return. And it's a very long pedal point. Yum, bum, 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 bum. Still on the dominant. And the return, the recapitulation for the first time in, in a triumphant forte, in the affirmative. Uh, this dominant pedal point it was 10 bars long, it's, it's quite enormous. And the, Again, it's not a mechanical recapitulation because let me just play the beginning again. And now it's in chords and very triumphant. something this is quite fantastic I mean Beethoven always keeps some surprises for the recapitulation uh, again look at the tonal relationship of E major and C major but in this C major mysterious and pianissimo From here, it's, uh, it's quite predictable. Except, again, for the very end of the movement, the coda. Quite, uh, quite impressional, impressionistic for me. It's not uh, doesn't fit into the classical world because I, I see this this shimmering light and it evaporates in in the heights. Then comes a middle movement, which is marked allegretto. It's in the tonic minor, E minor. Again, it's, it's, it has very dark undertones. I wouldn't say it's tragic. But it's very dark, and it, anachronistically, I would call it Brahmsian. 
It reminds me of the, of the Brahms intermezzi. <laughs> It's E minor, maybe, but it also has this swinging Siciliano rhythm, something quite Italian. Then, uh, after the double bar, it sounds a little bit medieval. Because of all these this plagal harmonies. <laughs> this very naked, empty octaves. Then he repeats an octave higher. crushing dissonance, there is a contemporary report of Beethoven playing this sonata and you know, Schindler, who is not a reliable witness, but I can imagine that, that Beethoven waited very long on this dissonance, on this C in E, a crescendo, which is impossible on the piano. <laughs> on the violin you could do, you could do. On the piano, all you could do is to stand up and do, which would be not in very good taste. <laughs> Even in 2005, but... Anyway, here, this is pia marked pianissimo, and the low E is marked piano, and, and he distinctly writes a crescendo. But this is, again, Beethoven, who is, who is an idealist, and, and later he does this in the Les Adieux Sonata and in several other works. So he doesn't care whether it's possible or not. <laughs> it's your imagination that, that matters. And then comes the trio section. Again, this, the relationship of E and uh, C, we saw it in the first movement also. So, uh, one, let's just do it once more. Beautiful, the three and four distinct parts. Again, think of the string quartets. And uh, 
then da capo, the allegretto is repeated, and then there's a little coda. Pianissimo, and just three hard beats, and it's finished. Allegro comodo, so it's a, it's a comfortable allegro, the finale. It follows attacca, so without a break. I think that it's also very important in, in Beethoven that he's writing psychological sonatas from now on. So you should not think of separate movements, but you should think of, of a unity. A, a sonata starts with the first note of the first movement and it ends with the last note of the last movement and there should be no relaxation in between. So it's very important that with this heartbeat and then it starts again with an upbeat Three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. It's like a gavotte if you think of Bach's. So, ram, pam, pam. There's this repeated A octaves, it's with a crescendo and then a sudden. Drop, subito piano. Now the cello, because we, again it's a string quartet, you know. these running scales, descending and ascending, they go through all the instruments. We are on the dominant, comes a new theme, seemingly simple, but... Like a question and an answer. Now variation. then return of the rondo theme here. You've heard this before. Now the same in minor. And modulates into the surprising key of G major. We are on the dominant of G major. And here it's, it's quite dramatic and forte, sforzandi within forte. Yeah? Now 
comes a, a new motive in triplets, and it's quite stormy. <laughs> Like a concerto. Piano. Dominant. So this is a seemingly innocent movement, but there is so much in it, and it's so so wonderful. And then there are f certain variations of the rondo theme, like a syncopated variation. Yeah. And here is a the, the only fortissimo eruption. Yum, yum, yum. Further variation. Now, end of the move. So, that was Opus 14, number one, which is a wonderful sonata. I think it's very, very much underrated. People always ask, why, why is this sonata not heard, or why is that one? Well, first of all, they don't have a nickname. <laughs> and, and second of all, I really believe very much in this, this chronological presentation, because we can, we can make this journey together, and you can see the evolution. You can see the development from one piece to the next. But if pianists think in terms of you know, achieving success, or what piece has a success. These wonderful pieces, they don't have success, but that's not what interested Beethoven. He, he was writing in, because of an inner urge. He did not want to, to impress or to, to achieve a, a great extroverted success. So I think one should play these pieces because one, one believes in them, that they are, they are really great.